I think the Jets and Giants are both going to go winless, and they're just going to be like, can we just draft Trev and just – He's the all-time quarterback at MetLife. He's he just, play for he just stays in New Jersey and plays all the home games. And then when Correct. they go on the road, they have to have like Darnold and, and Dan Jones. Yep. I like Trev's just the New York City quarterback. He's the New Jersey quarterback. All-time quarterback. Yeah, I like that. We all had all, all-time quarterbacks as kids growing up, like always. Yeah. Welcome, folks, to the Week 7 Take the Points College Football Podcast. Happy Columbus Day. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Most importantly, folks, happy Rocktober. I didn't mention it last week, and that's an oversight. I'm Tom. I'm here with Dan and Ryan. We have another oversight that we need to talk about immediately before we get into recap or lines for this week. Dan, we apologized for this briefly in our last show, but it was not enough. So I'm going to throw it to you for what will be the first ever Double apology on Take the Points. Take it away, please, Dan Partridge. Thank you, Tom. Um, I'm very sorry to all of our listeners. On behalf of Tom and Ryan, we did not clearly explain to you all the impact of hiring Bo Pelini would have on the LSU defense. This is something that was understated by all of us. We should have had at least a 15 to 20 minute breakdown on this. This is LSU. Even when their offense is bad, their defense is still elite. They would send guys to the NFL, even if they didn't pan out, yada, yada. A lot of great players. Even this year, they have like the best corner in the whole country, Stingley. You know, they got a lot of talent still. We just assumed that LSU was going to roll like they did last year. And they may not be as good, but they'd be close. Well, we fucking forgot that Bo Pelini is the defensive coordinator there. And he can't coach a lick. And we should have been made, or sorry, we should have been making a lot of money on these overs the past three weeks. It's not too late. Orgeron has some quotes to, you know, um, earlier this afternoon, we're recording on a Monday. It's a bunch of bullshit. Overs with LSU until further notice. This guy can't coach a lick. No one on the team even feels like playing this season. Vegas can't adjust fast enough. And again, I'm sorry, America. I mean, this is just a total misstep on our part. (laughs) Opportunities like this rarely come up, and we need to point them out. So my fault, our fault, Bo Pelini, enjoy your next three weeks uh, in in LSU before you're gone. And – yeah, that's if, that. If uh, yeah. we were if we were paid for this podcast, I would consider stepping down. You know, just out of principle, <laughs> I would I would finally yeah. get to use the like I'm stepping down to spend more time with my family. Please give us our privacy during this difficult time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we should have mentioned that, uh, Ryan. I'm going to throw it to you. I know that we kind of got scooped on Twitter, but you had a theory about um, the LSU team that even though somebody else posted it. I think yesterday or two days ago, I still think it's worth sharing because you you had said this before. Which was uh, which one was this? Oh, this is your theory about uh, <clears throat> Eddie, Eddie O. Oh, that Ed Orgeron is the new Gene Chizik, that he got his one-year title with an absolutely elite quarterback, uh, a great offensive coordinator, and all the stars aligned, but he was really just a one-hit wonder. 
uh, and is going to be shown as a fraud once all those people around him leave. And turns out that uh, that might actually be true. I mean, here's the thing. Before last season, Ed Orgeron was always considered to be kind of a joke. He was considered the greatest recruiter, maybe in the country, maybe in the last 20 years of college football recruiting. He might be the best recruiter. He's not a good coach. And, uh, yeah, so it turns out that the, the stars have aligned that way, that he had everything he needed, and that's about it. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Ed O coming up uh, in the next couple of years. One thing I'll say about LSU is that I've never seen um, the legacy of a team grow so quickly. I mean, we talk about Tebow, Florida and O1 Miami, and but it took a few years before we ranked them in you know, the top 10, the top five teams all time. When you see last year's LSU team, I feel like they've already jumped to a top three all time team. Um, you know, along with like Miami or Tebow or maybe Nebraska 95, like they're already in the conversation as one of the best all time. And this season, every week of this season has just reinforced that. I feel like they move a spot up the all time list every time we see this year's team play. And when and think about, think about this too. Like I know it's a college football podcast, but everyone thought the Carolina Panthers were going to tank for Trev. Then they lost McCaffrey, and everyone's like, oh, they're definitely going to tank for Trev. Meanwhile, Joe Brady's got them 3-2, and two, uh, and they actually should be 4-1. and one. Like That just shows you like how good of a coach that guy is, that he just left LSU, goes to the NFL, and gets Teddy Bridgewater and no McCaffrey, and not that great of a receiving core, and they're 3-2 and two in a super competitive division. So... Joe Brady continues to earn money and respect. And if we follow the um, Auburn comparison to its logical end, that means in a couple years, technically it would be the offensive coordinator Ensminger taking over. But, you know, in this case, LSU's next coach could be Joe Brady coming back. Uh, it could be Dave Aranda coming back, having never actually coached a game because his team had COVID every single game. Um, you know, it could be the OC. Um, but I would like to take that one step further. I've been thinking about this and another team that's not doing well and might have a coaching vacancy, you know, in the next couple of years is a team where Ed Orgeron had some experience very briefly as an assistant. Let's bring him home to the Cuse, fellas. Oh, well, no, there's no, there's not enough crawfish in uh, <laughs> nine mile Creek for him. So I thought you were going to say USC. Bring them, bring them back to USC where I don't, you know, I don't think Liner from Bush and those guys. Well, I mean, given USC's history of decision making, I don't see that happening either. No, he's going to ULL. Like, come on, he's that, that would be state. perfect. Yeah, come on, let's just let's just let's just be honest here. He's he's staying in the state for life. There's all kinds of programs from all levels. He can retire and do high school if he wants. He could do ULL. He could do Tulane, try to rebuild the program in the city and do this whole thing in downtown. No, no, he's got to be, he's got to be out in ULL or ULM. UL. If he's now, if he goes to ULL or ULM, who should coach the other school? Like who, I would like to see like a 20 year rivalry between him and some other Cajun dude. Like who's another super Louisiana guy? Uh, 
Well, how, the way things are going to Kansas, Les Miles is probably going to be looking for a new job. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Les versus yes. O. All right. Ed O. Ed o at ULL. Les at ULM. <laughs> 30 year contracts for the rest of our life. These guys will play each other once a year. They'll each go five and seven every year. Yes. Excellent call, Ryan. That is correct. That is the perfect matchup. It's perfect. For just perfect. forever. I just want lifetime contracts for those two. Uh, must watch TV game of the year. All right. Uh, All anything right. else you guys want to talk about? We had some very interesting games. Uh, let me start by talking about Alabama and Ole Miss. Um, the stat that I found so very interesting is that Alabama's offense obviously scored 63 points. Uh, just an incredible performance, you know, um, scoring yardage. But what stood out the most was the 41 yards left on the table. So we talked about punting and uh, you guys were absolutely right. Under one and a half punts in that game. But Alabama scored a touchdown on every single drive except for two. They fumbled on the one yard line and they punted from the 40, one punt from the 40. So they only could have possibly gained 41 more yards. That was the max like they could have ever done. And then they would have just like never been stopped for even a yard. So that came almost, that's the equivalent of like pitching a perfect game. I feel like in other words, yeah. uh, Lane's defense is the worst sec defense of all time is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. However, it was exciting, and his offense great. kept up and put the most points on Nick Saban ever, dropped 48 on him. You know, it's going to take them a couple of years to recruit and get their own players there, but uh, Mac Jones, 28 of 32 for 417. No one even mentions that. Yeah, I want to I mean, I want to do a mini apology to Mac Jones. You know, I said that I thought he was like a mediocre Alabama quarterback, but he's been playing really well and then, you know, Najee of course is, you know, your Heisman favorite probably along with like Trav or ETN or whatever, but he's you know one of the one of the top 5 players in the country easily right now. And yeah. they're just they're just playing outstanding. I mean, the defense had a tough day, but the other thing I noticed, even though those teams went back and forth and one would score, the other would score, Ole Miss would run these like eight play, nine play drives, and they were really executing and play calling well. Alabama would just then just steamroll them and go down. I mean, you would go to the bathroom after Ole Miss scored a touchdown. And you come back and Ole Miss had the ball again, or Alabama's kicking off. Like <laughs> I saw every Ole Miss touchdown. I think I only saw like a third of the Alabama touchdowns because if you get up to get a snack – like you miss it. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. They're unbelievable. Oh, there's not yeah. much to say. So, uh, what other games stood out? Um, I'm trying to think, what else stood out? Uh, well, Auburn, Arkansas. I'll, I'll, I'll let me just throw that in. That was just the wildest, craziest ending. Like so bad. Like Arkansas has been such a joke, laughing stock punching bag in the sec and they had a chance to win two conference games in a row. And like, Oh man, like what a terrible, terrible thing by the referees to screw that up that bad. Like awful, awful. I feel terrible for Arkansas, but it looks like they might be onto something. So good for them. Yeah. That was the type of play. I don't think I've ever seen before. 
where he dropped it. I mean, I actually wasn't aware of that rule that when you fumble the snap, you can't pick it up and just spike it. And then of course he kind of turned sideways and it was, you know, it should have been a fumble essentially like a backwards pass. So I can understand why it might've been a tough one for the refs. Like I looked at that and didn't know what was going on. And I've been watching college football for, you know, 35 years. So um, it's a tough one, but yeah, heartbreaking way to lose, but at least Arkansas looks like they're on the upswing. Yes, they are. Unlike the Texas Longhorns, I'd like to briefly talk about this. I've had enough of the Longhorns. They're really pissing me off at this point. There's no excuse. This is Allinger. This is he's playing playing experience. They got those recruiting classes. They've got Chris Ash. They got Herman. They got all the money, the facilities. They have the fourth or fifth most. Um, talent in the whole country per like the whatever rankings based on four or five recruit four or five star recruits. This is unacceptable. You're two and two. You lost to a rebuilding Oklahoma team with no defense coming off two losses, playing a freshman quarterback, his first Red River Red River rivalry at Camden Talk. I'm putting you on notice, Longhorns. You have 12 months. You have 12 months to show me improvement and reason to continue fandom, or this is it. We're done. We're done forever. I'm moving on. I can't take this anymore. That was a game that was handed to them. They should have had it. But no, they were down 31-17. They looked terrible. And then they gave it away in overtime and played bad, too, with bad decision-making. Unacceptable. I'm not going to tolerate that. Just like the Bill Pelini (laughs) uh, omission. It will not be tolerated going forward. And that's all I have to say about that. All right. Uh, if any of you have anything else you want to add about last week, I don't really have much else. I mean, Georgia, Tennessee was the other sort of marquee game. And that went uh, as predicted Tennessee's they're looking better for sure, but they're not there yet. Correct. All right. 24th ranked Tennessee at the end of the year, at the peach bowl. It's fine. The, the rankings are hilarious this oh, year. Just too good. Sorry. Blockbuster yes, <laughs> Are you ready to do some lines? Let's do some lines. All right. Let's do this. All right. Um, Friday night. This is a fun one. Very fun. BYU at Houston. BYU minus three and a half. Total 63. BYU coming off a close call against UTSA. Laying 27, won 27 to 20. A little, little suspect there. Houston started off slow against Tulane and then turned on the Jets and dropped 100 on them, I think. This is an interesting spot. I think both teams can score points. I like the over 63 on Friday night. Night game over Holgerson, Zach Wilson, Mormons, John Smith, James Harden. Over. I don't have much to add to that. I just think there were some uh, injury issues. If I'm, I didn't really watch BYU this past week, but w- some guys got injured, right? Including Wilson was banged up a little. So uh, I, cool. I expect them to be a, a little better than what they showed that game. So I like the overpick the best, um, but I'd lean BYU if you got to pick a side. Agreed. I like the over the best. All right. All right. I, I think last week was a slight anomaly. I'm hoping. 
We'll find out. We're moving to Saturday. We're going to noon. Noon game right off the bat. Arguably the biggest game of the week. Liberty travels to the Carrier Dome, take on the Syracuse Orange. Total of 55 spread. Now, let me let me make sure. Hold on. Hold on. I got to go another web page here. Let's make sure that this spread's accurate. Oh, it's it's exactly accurate. I know. I'm. It's four. Liberty minus four at Syracuse. Liberty football, coached by that scumbag Hugh Freeze. Um, <laughs> you. I, I actually. I had it. That. I had it earlier in the day at minus two and a half. So, I was four. actually. I was joking that you know we knew what it was, but it actually is higher or it's gotten worse. Probably three and a half, four. Anyway, Tom, take it away. Yes. Uh, one other thing to mention, two other things to mention, I guess. Tommy DeVito now officially injured for the season. So your uh, Zach Mills award committee needs to mull that one over. Um, I think we'll have uh, Rex Culpepper starting. And then um, Syracuse's uh, best defensive player, a uh, cornerback whose name escapes me. Uh, he's also out. So uh, big trouble in the Q's. Um, needless to say, regardless of who's starting or if it's the second string or third string, uh, Liberty being minus four in the dome is an all-time low for the Syracuse program. Uh, we've already said that three times, I think, this season, that it was an all-time low, but the lows keep getting lower. I, I've got to go with the Cuse. I mean, I've got to believe that it can't, it can't be this bad, can it? This is the ultimate stay away. Don't watch it. Don't bet it. Don't talk about it with your family. When your dad texts you to tell you how bad Syracuse is, just say it's not on in my area. That's what I do. Uh, just forget it. Move on. Oh, there's nothing else to say after that. Here's my prediction. This is a, a futures bet. Uh, the year is 2023 a new commercial comes on the time Warner station after the uh, Syracuse news with Jackie Robinson, not that Jackie Robinson, the other Jackie Robinson. Hi, I'm Dino Babers. You right, might remember me as the former head coach of the Syracuse university football program. Well, these days they call me Dino Babers cause I'm a new investor in dinosaur barbecue. Come on down and see me 8 PM this Tuesday. I'll be talking about some of my favorite games from the Baylor era and maybe a couple of good ones from the Qs. Accurate. I am now fired in case you couldn't figure that out. <laughs> he should have left a year and a half ago, apparently. Um, yeah. Remember when everyone was like, oh, he's such a hot prospect. And we were saying like, say goodbye, Qs. He's going to be here two years. He didn't listen. He's still going to be goodbye. No, no, I'm kidding. He, I mean, he no, could be uh, at Houston right now. He could be yeah. Texas Tech. It's possible. You're right. Uh, all right. Moving on to another game. SEC, Auburn, traveling to South Carolina. Auburn minus three and a half, total of 49 and a half. South Carolina waxed that terrible Vandy team 44-7 last Saturday. Auburn won on some shadiness. This is an impossible game for me to predict. I love the SEC. How can you lay three and a half with Auburn? They look terrible. South Carolina, but at the same time, time like they are always a fake fraudulent team i would lean in under but it's only 49 and a half probably still go under 
Ryan's agreeing. Yes. Forget that. Just if it's it's a four, bet the under. If it starts with four, bet under. We have the hitch versus a barely, barely awake freaking Auburn staff right now. Like the whole staff, just barely awake. And so, yeah, under. This game's going to end like 17-13 is the max score this could be a go. I like South Carolina to cover the three and a half. Okay, South Carolina in the under hook might 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 be a play. Auburn's not good, man. No, uh, Alabama's going to murder them this they year. They should they should not be ranked. They should not be ranked at all, let alone fourteenth. Seems a little excessive. As soon as the Big Ten gets in there and gets their seven ranked teams, that Auburn can say goodbye. They're getting bumped by Minnesota, etc. Get ready. Get ready. We're doing a short show today, but oh, oh, next week's going to be like my Christmas fellas. Watch out. I'm already, I'm already knee deep in the big 10 talking about that big injury to Wisconsin's Jack Cone. I'm ready. I'm ready. Get ready. You want to talk about, you want to talk about Adrian Martinez Heisman odds? Oh, I'm just, I'm champing at the bit. Jeez, your Big Ten chat rooms have infected you. You're so Xenon right now. You're radicalized. I don't want to hear about how how fucking Iowa has a backdoor chance of going undefeated. No, because Iowa just had two players opt out today for the season. So I was I was looking down, trending downward, folks. You don't Uh, folks, you don't even know. If you're a new listener this season, I always I'm a Big Ten guy, but I'm I'm caring less about the other conferences and more about the Big Ten, so it's game on next week. All right, let's keep rolling. Bad. All right, we're going back to Clemson. Clemson at Georgia Tech. Clemson minus 27. We forgot something again last week. Whenever Clemson has a game that's like kind of important, it's always Clemson and the under every time. Like, how many unders in Clemson – spots that we've seen it rarely goes over whether or not we get it you know people get excited about the you know Derek king or the or whoever the i mean it could be anybody it's just venable's defense first time regular season that was a uh an under clemson hook and we we missed it so anyway here's well, another hey, shot to, to be fair um I said over on the podcast, but then I texted you guys earlier in on Saturday yes. and I said, there's going to be inclement weather. So I'm going with the under now. And I did bet yes. the under, there was no inclement weather. It never actually happened, but I just happened no. to luck out from like a errant weather report. There you go. So here you go. You got Georgia tech Clemson probably isn't going to be that up for this game after hosting Miami. Now they're on the road. That being said, you can never bet against them. Lay the twenty-seven and move on with the rest of your day. So I oh I like I like Georgia Tech, which means I'm not betting, obviously. But I feel like this Why? is a classic letdown spot, and Georgia Tech's a little bit better than they've been, and uh, I I don't like this one. All right, we'll see if you like this one. Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee minus six at home, total 47 and a half. Kentucky 
is an interesting team. I don't know if they're any good or they're horrible or they can play any defense or another. They're, they're just bad. I don't know. And then you got, and you got, you know, Tennessee, which who the fuck knows? I have no clue on this game. Anybody got something? I mean, I, I forget the exact stat I saw, but Tennessee won or Kentucky won by 22 points last week. And it was like, I'm, I'm forget. It was like, for the amount of yardage gained in a three touchdown win, it was the worst ever. If that makes sense. Like it was, it yes. was the worst they game ever off. played to win by that much. They had 157 yards of total offense and they won and, won and they won by 22 points two. in a blowout. Yeah. 24 to two, of course. They um, did have six picks. So maybe that defense is the real deal. So here's Stoops. the thing: their de- the defense is good, the running back's still good, and I've heard rumors they might try a quarterbacking change. And if you remember the backup quarterback, do you guys recall who the backup quarterback at Kentucky is? Yep. It's a guy named uh, Joey Gatewood. You might remember him as yeah. uh, former Auburn QB. Yeah, he was the out. he was the stud from Auburn, the giant kid from Florida. Yeah, supposedly like a stud. And uh, he might get the start. I mean, it, it seems like it's time after last week's, even in a winning performance, such a horrible offensive performance. So if he plays, I actually like Kentucky outright. I don't even want the points. Oh, oh. I like Kentucky in the under. We, we have a theme here. Same. All right. We're going to keep trucking here. Pit Panthers. TCZ's favorite team. He's going to get a tattoo when he's 12. They travel to Miami. Miami's laying 10 and a half. Total 51. Uh, can Miami recover quick enough from the whipping against Clemson to win this game by more than 10 points? This is a Pitt Panthers team that's very frisky. As you know, you never know. Uh, Z, you, you're you're in the ACZ or the the ACZ. Yeah, it is the ACZ. It is now, baby. It's ACZ. Go right ahead. First off, you know, Dan. Nowadays, it's actually more edgy to not get a tattoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm just gonna assess this with both here. both teams playing at full like their their full potential. I think Pitt can cover the ten and a half. Um, They've got an okay defense. They're just okay at everything. And uh, Miami, you know, King can put up big numbers against some of these chump teams like Louisville, but Pitt actually has a decent defense. And I think Miami gets the win, but I, I just, every sign points to Pitt being able to cover a, a 10 and a half point spread, even if they do it by 10 points, you know, or, or by a half a point, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. Take the points in this for sure. And that makes all three of us. I think that's too many points. I think they're making a small, a small wager for your son. All right. We're going to keep going here. Louisville travels to Notre Dame. Louisville getting 17 and a half, total of 64. What the, what the hell was going on with the Notre Dame-Florida State game last week there for a minute? Florida State scored like 20 points in the first quarter. They look. They showed some speed. Arcs or signs of life. Norvell, um, yeah, he might be a good coach, you know, working with what we know is just like a bad program in ruins. Um, yeah, I thought I thought for the first time in like three years, I thought maybe Florida State has a future. Not in the near term, but, you know, in a few years. 
Interesting. Well, in this game, I like the over. I don't think Louisville can stop anybody. Uh, Notre Dame's got some holes. I'll take the over 64 and have some fun. Total stay away from me. I, I think both of these teams are frauds, and I want nothing to do with this game. Yeah, that's pretty much where I fall. Uh, Louisville's Louisville's really not good. Um, they can score a little bit, but um, on a Notre Dame defense, I don't see them putting up too much. Uh, Notre Dame is, I think, slightly overrated and also due for a little bit of a letdown slash, you know, looking ahead to tougher teams on the schedule. So I just don't see anything I like here. I would actually, I mean, I think my favorite pick would be an under bet. Um, with just Notre Dame's defense stopping, slowing down Louisville and their offense just not trying their hardest. But I don't really like any of it. Probably a stay away for the three of us. This game won't be a stay away. Neither of these teams are ranked, which is bullshit. Central Florida at Memphis. Central Florida minus three and a half. Total 75. There's a contract clause on taking the points if Memphis is involved. Ryan gets first pick. So go right ahead. All right. Thank you for honoring the contract. Uh, Yeah, Memphis, over. Central Florida, over. When they play each other, way over. This is going to be a track meet as long as the weather cooperates. Obviously, this time of year in the south, you need to make sure that there's no tropical storm after effect lingering stuff. If the weather's good, take the over, we're going to see like 56-46 type of games. I am excited to watch these teams. All right, moving on. Great game. Wait, no, they both lost. LSU at Florida. Florida minus 13, total of 73. Florida's team total for this game is 43 points. I would have told you last year that when LSU played Florida next year, that Florida's team total would have been 43 against LSU. He would have, he would have called me a liar. That being said, I will, be, I will be wagering the Florida team total very hard in this game. Might be my biggest bet of the whole week. Uh, I don't see how Florida doesn't score 50 points. This is a rare chance to drop 50 on a, on a wounded team that talked a lot of shit last year and whipped everybody, and it's in the swamp. Mullen wants to get 90,000 in the swamp this week. It's Monday, so we don't have an update on that per se. Um, but I think Florida's going to really destroy LSU. Lay it with Florida. Not sure about the overall total. Lay the 13 and bet the team total. That's my advice. Uh, unlike Coach O, who did not fire Bo Pelini, Dan Mullen did fire his defensive coordinator today. So, breaking news for Take the Points on a Monday, Florida can their coordinator, I think is it Torian Torian Grant, I think his name is, is going to be taking over. Uh, So, I think that always those coaching changes, things like that, sometimes give the team a one or so week spark. Uh, I think that helps with uh, this game. I think Florida's going to take care of business, no problem. So that really is hot breaking news. Cause I didn't even know that. And so I, I'm recalculating in my head, like when you miss the turn on a GPS, you know, I'm trying to like figure it out again. Um, I'll have to think about this one more into the week, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. It seems often teams will fire a coordinator and they get like a one week bounce. 
And then they go back to basically where they were before. And you realize, Oh, maybe it wasn't all that guy's fault, but um, I'm, I'm not making a prediction on this one right now. I really, when I first saw the line, I didn't like it at all. Uh, I thought it was right about right on. And uh, the over under is really high. I mean, 73 and a half right now I'm seeing um, Bo Pelini though. Can't, yeah. You can't go under. That's it. Thank you, Tom. It's very that it's really that simple, and it's it's very simple. Um, are you into making money or not? Because Bo, he's given up fifty. He's given up thirty in the first half. I'm going to watch and text you every touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> every touchdown, I'm going to send you a picture of a gator. Get ready on Saturday. No, you got to change game. it up. I mean, send me Spurrier's visor one. Send me a picture okay, of Tom perfect. Petty, the next one. Change it up. Send you a picture of, um, I'm, like. I'm going to send you a picture of DJ Khaled saying, another one. Every time they score a touchdown, another one. That's good. Send me some Send me some police tape around downtown Gainesville marked with the date of 08. <laughs> They're gonna kill LSU after every. I'm telling you. I mean, this is this is gonna be bad. Um. All right, moving on. This is a game Tom wants to talk about. UMass travels to Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern laying 29 points, total of 63. Tom Zaleznak, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, UMass's uh, first game of the season after canceling the whole season. You know, following Big Brother UConn and canceling the entire season, then having a change of heart and coming back. You know, they got a good program, but you know, when you play a team like Alabama and you're, you know, a 28 and a half point underdog, then it's just tough. Cause there's, so, Oh wait, they're playing Georgia Southern and they are four more than four touchdown underdog. And Georgia Southern had a different game scheduled this weekend and they postponed it and they just like picked up a game against the UMass and they're still favored by more than four touchdowns. So much like with the Q's, this is an all-time low for the UMass program that produced Victor Cruz and many other greats. Um, I think you probably have to lay it still with Georgia Southern um, because they're two and one, so they've already beaten UMass's uh, season over win total. Um, but yeah, come on, UMass. I mean, I feel like you just you should be at least within twenty in this game in future years. Let's step up our recruiting from the Western Springfield region. Well, that's a great area. <clears throat> okay, a couple weird ones, and then we'll get to the game of the week. A&M at Mississippi State. A&M laying a touchdown, coming off their big win against Florida. Kellen Mond doing what he does, showing up once every six weeks. <laughs> Total of 55. Um, look, there's a chance this Mississippi State team's really bad. Just, just really, really terrible that after one week of film, they got fit, uh, figured it out. Until they show any sign of life, you can't take them. Even, you know, the angle of, will A&M have a letdown on the road? That all makes sense. But um, you can't bet Mississippi State the way they're playing right now. So stay away from this game altogether. A&M has got themselves a stud receiver for Mon to throw to finally, which is, you know, he was missing sort of recently. I always got one. Um, we've watched college football for how many years? Like this all signs on paper favor A&M in this game. We all know what's going to happen, right? Like Mississippi state's going to win this game outright. See, that's what I was saying. But then you get tricked. You can't, you can't bet it. You can't bet it, but you know, what's going to happen. You just know. 
Excellent. Yeah, I can't bet this game. Jimbo put me in timeout for a week. <laughs> Moving along, number five ranked North Carolina. Matt. Wow. At Florida State, UNC laying 13 and a half on the road. Total 61 and a half. All right, Tom, you said you like what you saw from Florida State. You taking this 13 and a half and putting your money where your mouth is? Liked is a strong word. Um, yes, I, as a matter of fact, well, no, obviously I'm not going to bet on Florida State. I'm going to stay away from this game. But, but yeah, I do think Florida State is the pick in this. I think this is a little bit overinflated because, you know, Florida State – they have the talent. We know, I mean, even in a bad recruiting, uh, three years, they still have more talent than North Carolina on their roster. And now they have a coach who's getting a little bit out of them. North Carolina's a little over inflated. Um, they do have a couple of great playmakers. I think North Carolina wins the game, but I think this is a one touchdown game. It's also, it's also in Tallahassee, you know, night game, uh, I don't know what they're doing down there, but that seems like that's going to be a 75% full crowd. If I know my Florida state correctly. Yes. So that is true. Yes. Right I like, I like Florida state and I, I realize I'm setting myself up for, you know, mockery and disaster, but yes, I'm going to take the points. Tom, you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone under 40 probably doesn't get that reference. Uh, never mind. The over is the easy play in this game. Like you said, Friday or uh, Florida State home night game. They're going to have a nice script for the first probably two to three series. They're probably going to jump out to like a 7 nothing, 10-3 type of lead. And then UNC is going to figure it out because Mac's a really good coach and they're a really good team and they're going to roll them. And so Florida State's going to get some points early, but you're not going to want to have to uh, to sweat this out. Don't don't think there's going to be a back door here. I think North Carolina is going to take care of them by 25 plus, but it's going to go way over. 61 and a half is super low. I UNC like, might I like score the 45, 50 themselves. I agree. The over is a very good play in this game. North Carolina's defense is non-existent. Florida State's defense also non-existent. Over. All right. For real, game of the week. Last game of the week. Georgia and Alabama. Alabama minus six at home. Total of 59. Well, well. What do we have ourselves here? We got ourselves an early game of the year right before this Big Ten shenanigans roll into town next week. This is our first real title game, the end of the SEC beginning of the year. Georgia's defense has looked amazing. That's what everyone keeps saying. They're saying that Georgia, this is the best defense in the country. They're fast. They're quick. They're well coached. They're aggressive. That could be true. That could be very true, but they played Auburn and they played some other teams. They didn't play uh, Mr. Najee Harris yet or Waddle or Mack or Saban or Brian Denny Stadium. Roll, tied, double digits. That's my prediction. And I'm not really that much of a Bama lover these days, as you guys know. This is rare for me to lay the points with them, but 
I think Georgia's not ready offensively and they get overwhelmed in this game. That's my prediction. Uh, I think Saban's going to use last week's film as an opportunity to teach some lessons, let's say, uh, maybe reenact your scene or two from eight millimeter against the secondary. Uh, and I think he's going to get things ready to go. Uh, as great as Georgia's defense is, as well coached uh, as that defense is by Kirby Smart, I do not trust their offense uh, yet. Uh, I know Tom's prep school favorite quarterback is uh, – you know, been okay, but this is Tuscaloosa, damn it. And not okay quarterbacks don't go to Tuscaloosa at night and win games. You have to be elite to do that, and he's not elite. Roll Tide. First off, the the disrespect for Stetson Bennett the fourth is just uh, too much for me to handle. A guy who. Uh, was third string coming into the season and with his name alone beat out two stud quarterbacks. I'm convinced of that. It was the name that drove him to be the starter. Uh, I'm with you guys. Like this is, I think George is the number one defense in the country. I think Alabama is probably the number one offense in the country. So it's the, uh, what do they say? The immovable force versus the unstoppable object or whatever. I think the you can't um, overestimate the importance of having it a night game in Tuscaloosa. I think that makes such a huge difference. I think yeah. it would be a totally different story if this was like a 330 game uh, between the hedges. So I think that Georgia's defense will keep them in this early in the first half. Um, I think Alabama's got just too much firepower, and I'm hoping this is the game where they go to Najee as their number one option, pound, 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 and um, just sort of sort of uh, pull away late. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Georgia hangs tough, plays a little over their head, but I think at the end of the day, um, when you get Alabama in this circumstance at home at night um, with more experienced players, I'm not going to say necessarily better, much better players, but definitely guys who have, more reps and been on the field more. Um, I think you got to lay those points, but don't be surprised if it's um, like a late cover, you know, if they win by like 13 points. Very possible. <clears throat> That's good. And we're all in agreement on that as well. That was interesting. I didn't, we didn't even talk about that. It's too tough to, I mean, it's too hard to take Georgia based on like the, the film yeah. or the resume yeah. you have so far, they could end up being a playoff team. But, you know, if you're just betting with your head, like we pretty much know what we get with Alabama right now, I think. And Georgia's really is like a wild card. Like you said, their resume, we don't know. I mean, Auburn might suck. You know what I'm saying? Tennessee might not really be that good. Um, Alabama, again, like I'm not saying Ole Miss is great, but like we saw them just go up and down the field over and over 41 yards left on the table. So I think we know what we have with Alabama and it's another elite Alabama team. Absolutely correct, Tom. So that wraps up this week's lines. That was pretty good. Next week, Tom gets to get in deep into the big 10. We're all excited for his breakdown of Rutgers 
Michigan State or whatever's going on next week. Nebraska at Ohio State, big game. Penn State at oh. Indiana. Oh, Watch Penn State out. rarely covers. Penn State rarely covers this game. I'm still bitter from '94. You don't understand how yep, deep so how deep these ties run. I'm still mad about that. Like Indiana's two garbage time touchdowns in '94 that kept Penn State out of the championship game. I haven't forgotten. Kerry Collins hasn't forgotten. Kajana Carter hasn't forgotten, and neither have I. And we'll talk about it next week. Any parting shots this week, Tom? No, uh, since I'll be uh, talking a lot next week, I want to leave it to you guys for whatever you want to talk about at the end. Congratulations to John Chima and the Los Angeles Lakers for winning another title. And uh, more just for John Chima, because he he probably enjoys it more than half the players on the team. So congrats, Chima. Well done. Well-deserved. You worked hard to get that title. Chima, for those who don't know, is our friend from high school who is crazier about sports than any human being I've ever met. Also, who likes a bunch of California teams and the Pittsburgh Pirates for no discernible reason. I think, what did we decide? He just was a bandwagon jumper in 1991. Correct. Yep. He liked the Pirates in 92 because they had a pretty good team. He liked the Niners in 92, Lakers in 92. It was all 92. Yeah, so it's like First it's like James Worthy, Joe Montana, and Andy Vance like. Yep, favorite players of all time. Tony Womack. <sighs> Tony Womack, nice. Ryan, uh, how about you? Part, yeah, parting shot. I might be doing a new segment on Take the Points. It's going to be a short segment, and it's going to be called Will the couple I played golf with this weekend get divorced? (laughs) Because I've learned through being new to golf and playing a lot, just signing up solo uh, and just playing rounds with other random people is that when you play with a married couple, you typically know somewhere between holes six and 10, if this is a strong relationship or not. Every now and again, though, you get lucky and they're really lovey-dovey until you turn your back on the last tee box and she's asking him why she can't just take all those balls that are sitting there and he tries to explain that they're practice balls that are coming over from the range and they start arguing about that. You see the cracks and uh, it's really fun for me as uh, the single guy to get to watch these married couples on the golf course. Cause I think that's a true test of a couple's patience and communication skills. And so I'll be doing a random segment every now and again entitled, will the couple I play golf with get divorced? Stay tuned folks. You know, it's very funny because uh, my dad and my mom are in like a, you know, senior couples golf league. And my dad has said basically that exact same thing that the, they play with a different couple every week. And he said, I forget what he said. He's like couples golf uh, is like the greatest test of the relationship, like even worse than the quarantine. Oh, yeah, because this is the only thing they can do to escape the quarantine and they're doing it together. Like you need one thing away and that they're, they're doing that one activity together. is just, 
it's a test of patience, bro. And it's really funny. It's interesting, you know, when, when you're on like the fourth hole and the wife is sneaking over to like ask me pointers because she's sick of her husband's pointers. When I've already explained to them, I've been only been playing like 10 months. And she's like, so what do you, what do you think of my swing? Like, what can I do? I'm like, you play with him every weekend. He clearly gives you advice and you're clearly asking me. You guys are going to get divorced like within nine months. I'm looking forward to this segment. I can't, yeah, I like this segment. All right, stay tuned for that, folks. We got a lot coming up. You guys good? Anything else? Uh, no, there's much to add. Go All right. Bills. Go Bills tomorrow night, the COVID postponement game. Ryan and I are excited. And uh, like I said, real football starts next week with the Big Ten, so check back in. Dan shaking his head. Here comes all the unders. Here they come. It's (laughs) like a rain cloud. This is not your grandfather's Big Ten. This is the new Big Ten. Oh, no, it's your grandfather. It's still, you're just getting older. It's the same Big Ten. It it literally is. The the average age of a Big Ten fan, especially if Notre Dame joined, if you throw them in as a Midwestern team, we should break this down, but like average age of fan has to be highest in the Midwest. Anyway, on that note, all right. uh, Thank you, folks, for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with more football. Bye. Good night.